What? Oh, oh. Shout. One second, please. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to episode one of Designated Driver. I'm Liz. I'm a graphic designer and independent podcaster and fan of Adam Driver. I'm Aaliyah. I'm an events manager, neighbor of Liz, and fan of Adam Driver. And we realized at some point that we were both super fans of, I would say, of Adam Driver. I think that's true. I remember the first time we talked about it, we were at a birthday party, my birthday party, and I I saw like a spark, and then I thought, <laughs> yeah, I was excited. Yeah. So uh, this podcast is about the work of Adam Driver, and I guess Adam Driver as a person, and... And his hair. And mainly his hair. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to getting into the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the first um, movie we are going to talk about is The Dead Don't Die, a Jim Jarmusch movie, which isn't the correct pronunciation, would you say? I thought it was Jarmusch. 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 I don't really know, though. I don't know either. I've always said Jarmusch. And I like how that sounds, but so it may be wrong. And why did we pick this movie? I think we were just trying to pick a movie that neither of us had seen before, but that seemed kind of intriguing. And I know that I was just really excited about all the actors in it. Yes, I noticed Chloe Sevigny was in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I always like her in everything. I don't know if you saw the show Big Love. It's like an I, old yeah. I did watch some of it. Show about Mormons, but my she was literally my favorite part of it because she was, she was the woman who like grew up on the Mormon compound and she wore had the, the dress. Mormon hair and the prairie mm-hmm. dresses. I love a prairie dress. I can't get enough. And she was always uh, super handy. Like she would um, be building like up on the roof, like fixing the roof, oh. and. She just learned, she was like a super good carpenter. I don't know. She had a credit card problem, right? Wasn't she addicted to like online shopping? Oh, that's right. That's what I remember. And then this is a spoiler, but this show is so old, I'm sure no one watches it anymore. But um, she like falls for the husband in the end, and she doesn't want to share him with the other wives. Anyway, Chloe, she's just always so good. She's like fully commits to her roles and I will like watch anything that she's in because I love her and it's the same so in that way I felt like she was the female a female Adam Driver where I'll watch anything they're in this might be moving too far into the movie itself okay but I was thinking about um the role of hipsters I was reading some reviews and how they wanted to have those three hipsters and I with the Selena Selena Gomez plays a hipster in the movie I was thinking about that in terms of Adam Driver and Chloe Sevigny because they are both hipsters and they're both known for being hipsters. Like he's Adam Sackler, the hipster, proto-hipster in Girls, and she's like just generally cool. Yeah, like she's cool always New been York, a New York like, hipster, yeah. And so I wondered, I don't know. I don't know if that there is any connection there, but... This is a tangent, but I'm just interested in how people use hipster now. Because I've been watching Search Party, which have you seen that yet? No. At one point, so it's about young people in New York, 
And I guess they're hipsters, but at one point... Um, is Aaliyah Shaw Cat in that? Yes. I always yes, like yes, another yes. Aaliyah, so I, yeah. Yeah. I've seen... She's so good in it. I was misinformed at one point it was Ilana Glazer, and I said that to people, maybe to you, and now I, I feel think, bad, because, yeah. like, I know the difference. You know? <laughs> like, I wouldn't... <laughs> I'm just a huge fan of Broad City, and that's not a mistake I would, I would normally make. But anyway, um, so at one point there's this cop, and she calls them hipsters, but really I would just call them young people, and they live in New York, so maybe, the, I mean, they certainly look great. But I think of hipster in, like, the older way, where it's more, you're more counterculture. Mm-hmm. Person. I don't feel like I feel like hipster is like an early aughts term the way that I think about it and I feel so the way that I when I was young and unmarried and I would go out there are scenesters were the people who showed up at the things that the hipsters did so like oh, the okay. hipster was like the band and the scenester was the person showing up to see the band oh so that's I was the way probably that I never always, a but hipster. I don't I was a scenester well, oh, that's that's rough. Yeah, I don't know. And I yeah. feel like Jim Jarmusch has like a complicated relationship with the idea of hipster too cuz he kind of is a hipster and then Yeah. Like but he I read some interviews with him about this movie and he he was like I had to have young hipsters in the movie and they talk about hipsters with these three characters it's Selena Gomez and these two like handsome young men who I can't remember who they are. Um, and they have a really cool car that's like a reference to George Romero and but like the characters repeatedly talk about hipsters. I just feel like hipster was an important part of whatever was happening in this movie. Um, that's the George Romero car. I've never recorded in a garage before. It's kind of cool. It sounds like a car sound effect. <laughs> For me, the hipsters of today, maybe uh, I'm just out of touch with fashion, but they just look more mainstream to me than I thought like hipsters in the 90s would be. Like, there was a split between, like, a mainstream look and then, like, grunge or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or more extreme fashion, I guess I would say. So this is also where I'm going to sound really old, but I feel like normcore is still a thing. And I think it's a thing now, too, because everyone's just craving normalcy. So I wonder if that's part of it. I don't know. Just wear your office wear and that's, and you're still a hipster. Yeah. Or like the way the eighties mom jeans are like for sale at Target now. Like, I think that is a hipster thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just changes in fashion. And I do love the high waisted, which looks so good on Kylo young. Ren. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Does Kylo Ren wear yes. mom jeans? No, but he wears, in Star Wars, he wears, it's like a thing. There's like a whole joke about it. Um, Tiffany Haddish hosted some awards thing where she had this extended riff on whether or not Kylo Ren was hot. And there's this whole part where she's like, put on the high-waisted pants. And they show, you know, when Kylo Ren is walking around with his, like, giant white torso and his pants are, like, high-waisted. Oh, but they're yeah, not, yeah. like, high-waisted mom jeans. They're, like, high-waisted black Kylo Ren pants. Yeah, I heard this weird comment. This is Adam Driver related. And it was when the new Star Wars, the sequel trilogy, um, was coming out. And someone said, 
this was this was a man that said this. He said something like, "I think I'd like them better, or I think they'd be more popular if Adam Driver was attractive." And I was like, "What?" Some people think Adam Driver is not attractive, but I mean, I guess I mean I sort of I understand what he meant. He's not as classically handsome in certain ways, but um, I thought that was way off. <laughs> I feel, so I feel like we could have a whole other podcast about this because I think there are some men that all men find attractive, like John Hamm. Like all men mm-hmm. love John Hamm, and they think, okay. and he's someone that like women and men equally are just attracted to, and he's terrific and funny and handsome. And I think he's the kind of man that men want to be. Yeah, there's, like, no question he's attractive. Every single person agrees. Right. Yeah. But Adam Driver is actually one of the profiles I read of him said he was more like a 70s leading man. Like, he was a little off. He was, like, the auteur cinema. And, like, we could, you know, there's all those people who say he's jolie laid, like, ugly pretty. But I also feel like there's this thing where... Like, when women get really into fashion, they dress in clothes that men don't necessarily like, and it's really more about what they like or the way that they interact with other women. And I feel like Adam Driver is someone that is just, he's like a specific taste, but he's not, he's not a man that another man would look at and find attractive. I, it, it, like, doesn't fit men's ideas of what women would find attractive either, but... Yeah, we could go, we could talk about just the way his face looks for a really long time. Every profile of him has a thing about like how weird his face is. Yeah, I mean, is it disrespectful or bad to like? Um, and I have an answer in my mind about this, but uh, I'll just pose the question: to have a podcast um, about someone and like really talk about how they look a lot, because I would be maybe mad if it was about a woman. If it was like the genders were reversed, and if it was uh, like some guys talking about a woman and how she looked, but I mean, there's a lot like to unpack about how it would be done. Yeah, I feel like so. I have a few thoughts about that, and Angelica Houston is someone who he gets compared to a lot just because he's so striking and how. And just how unusual their faces are and that ugly, pretty thing. And I I don't know. I mean, they're both people who make careers out of the way that they look. And they're chosen for certain roles because of their looks and because of their size. Like, he's a big person. And, like, people are always commenting on how big he is. And he's, like, this, like, just slice of man. And there's nothing you can... I mean, you, you have to talk about the way he looks. And I think he always, there's, um, he was in that Martin Scorsese movie, um, Silent, where he plays like the 16th century monk, monk. And part of the reason he was cast, Martin Scorsese said he looked like he stepped from a Flemish painting. And so I feel like you can't not talk about it. And it doesn't, it's not just, I mean, if he were just a good looking person, I don't think we would talk about him I think part of what makes him so attractive and so appealing is that he's a really great actor and he has this incredible presence and charisma and his face and body play into that and I love that sometimes he looks super handsome and then some angles he he doesn't 
And I, I've heard or read, it may have been in an article that you sent me, um, sorry about the planes. We must be under the flight path today. Yeah. It's weird they just started though, it's so frustrating. I've heard before it has something to do with the wind oh. direction, so I have no idea. Um, we're recording this in my garage, just for <laughs> uh, COVID times, not to be in the house together yet, but to have the frisson <laughs> of an in-person conversation. So there's a lot of extra noise, um, but it has kind of a cool, like maybe Steve Jobsy uh, in the garage. Type, totally, you know. Totally, there's like we're surrounded by like a lot of bikes, a bunch of cardboard boxes. I think they help to soak up the sound. Yeah, Aaliyah's like mentioned how you know said in a polite way that we are kind of hoarders. <laughs> right? There's a lot of things. There's a lot there. of stuff, and yeah, this is what it's like in the basement too. It's kind of organized. It is organized stuff. Um, anyway, I digress. So, do you know how tall Adam Driver is? Some profiles say 6'2", and some profiles say 6'3". And one of the things that I was reading, um, oh God, he was just in a theatrical production, and, and on the cut, they, they had a whole article with just four different journalists who had been to the opening night talking about how big he was. And, like, they just can't believe how big his shoes are or, like, how big his torso is. And there's another profile in The New Yorker where he's getting ready backstage and he's, like, stretching on a foam roller, like, on his back. And the journalist is, like, he seemed to take up the entire room. Like, he's just a big man. But to me, 6'2", 6'3", is tall. But... And it's very tall for an actor. I feel like the standard for actors, like men like and women, ten. used to be very short, small humans with big heads. And like Tom Cruise or something. Like, And everyone would say, if they ever saw a celebrity in person, especially a man. But and for men and women, like they were so tiny. They were miniature because that looked good on screen. Or maybe it got started that way. And then like if there was too much of a discrepancy... Like, they wanted everyone to be similar heights, which I feel like that's going away because I think there's more variety in height. Yeah. <laughs> and there have always been tall... So another person that I was... This is kind of a digression too, but I was thinking about how um, Adam Driver is a Midwesterner. He comes from Mishawaka, Indiana. I think that's how you say mm. it. I did a lot of reading before we recorded. Good, it. yeah, you, you can, can school me. So this is kind of a diversion, but I was thinking about him in the Jim Jarmusch movies, and I was thinking he always plays these very normal, almost boring people, kind of like schedules and are just kind of very deadpan. Uniforms. Uniform, yeah, totally, uniforms. I was thinking about how maybe he's kind of like drawing on his Midwestern origins, and um so this stepfather of his who had who hasn't seen a lot of his work said one thing he really admired about him was his work ethic. So That's the, very that, Midwestern. Yes, mm -hmm. and then that so then the digression to the height thing is I was I heard Jimmy Stewart on the radio the other day and I was like, Oh yeah, like he's this big, handsome, he like was nine tall. to five he's big. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. person. So like he has some see predecessors. I don't know, but he always seems Midwestern. You know, he's so decent. And and like, he, yeah, and he has a kind of non-threatening 
uh, handsomeness as well. But also, like, if you've ever seen Destry Rides Again. Oh, it's like no. one of my favorite movies. He's with Marlena Dietrich in it. He plays a sheriff who is brought to this, like, totally corrupt Wild West town to, like, enforce law. And Marlena Dietrich is the, like, sort of, like, hooker with a heart of gold kind of floozy who sings in the beer hall. And she's, like, sort of in with the corrupt mayor. And they have a very powerful, like, sexual tension. It's really great. And also, he's wearing a uniform. And he's a sheriff who doesn't use guns. He just, like, talks <gasps> people out of doing things bad. Oh, like, that's I magical. I totally see Adam Driver in that role. Oh, that would be a really cool remake. Yeah, that for, yeah. that could be for your remake podcast. Yeah, if they ever do it or, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Stewart was in uh, I Watched Rear Window not that long ago. Oh. And he's like, but he's he's, he's laid up. Yeah, he's kind of old, but he's like this adventure photographer guy who with this beautiful girlfriend, and he's like won't commit, but he's also like in a wheelchair the entire time, so he seems mellow and yeah, threatening. Yeah, I think he's yeah kind of yeah attractive yet non-threatening. I guess for me personally as kind of a like shy person. If there was somebody like John Hamm around, I would I would probably feel too shy to talk to them. Someone who's like so handsome or yeah, something. I know, like, I feel shy around very handsome people too. And if I have ever been around a celebrity or even someone who's like just in like a band that I like or you know I I'm too shy to talk to them like I used to volunteer at the Oak Street Cinema and like someone from the Magnetic Fields was there and this is like a pretty minor band but this was my favorite band I'm like Claudia's here and like I served her popcorn and like I get completely red I can't say anything or I just act yeah. really weird yes completely weird and if there's anyone who's, like, really cute or, like, a guy who's... I, I just would opt for, like, never talking to them. So I think I like the combination of someone's not, like, perfectly attractive. Like, I would never talk to Tom Cruise or someone like that, who seems like a total dick anyway, but yeah, um, he's just on my mind. But I would avoid Tom Cruise. You Well, yeah, I mean, he's in a cult, obviously, Gross. so... Uh, he seems terrible. But like Adam Driver, I mean, I can picture hanging out. See, maybe, I don't know or being if I would. Group. I think I, because, so my one thing with John Hamm is I feel like John Hamm. Is nice. Would make an effort yeah. to put you at ease, you know? Like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. part of his, like there's this thing with, um, I feel like like classic celebrity, maybe I've told you about the time that I went to see um, the Prairie Home Companion movie. So when they kicked it off, they had this red carpet parade, like in front of the Fitzgerald. And I used to work like a five minute walk from the Fitzgerald. So my friends and I from work walked and we went to the red carpet parade. And like Lindsay Lohan sucked, you know, she Mm. just like avoided everyone and like wouldn't make eye contact. And then like, so all the, the, all the stars were like in these open topped horse drawn carriages. And Lily Tomlin and Meryl Streep and Kevin Klein were about as classy as you could get like they leaned over they talked to people they really seemed like they were having a good time and they were like 
just genuinely warm. Like, that's how I feel like John Hamm would be, too. Like, he yeah, would yeah. put you at ease. He would ask you questions about yourself. He would, like, tell jokes, you know, and, like, be totally appropriate. And I feel like if you met Adam Driver, he would just be weird and intense. And he, I would be definitely afraid that he would yell at me yeah. or insult me in some way, and then I would just feel so bad about it. He's a little scary in that yeah. way, for sure. And I think it's... I mean, I feel as somebody who's just watched him in a lot of movies that I think he would I don't think it comes from a bad place I think he's just he feels like his work is his work and he's not comfortable with the celebrity part I would hope he's working on that because I think part of your job as a leading man is to become is to learn how to be comfortable with that but he's not there yet yeah okay not like John Hamm yeah, I mean, John Hamm, I mean, I love uh, Mad Men, obviously, and he's also, but he's also in 30 Rock. I mean, he's a, like this comedy too. guy, too, and like an improv background guy, I guess. So I think he, he, has, he has those looks, so you assume things about his personality that I think aren't true, that he's going to be like super masculine or something, or misogynist or something but I think he's a lot cooler and like more chill and laid back then yeah and I just feel like he knows how to do his job like he knows Mm -hmm. his job is to be John Hamm and he's like that's part of the work you know you just he knows how to do it and he's had like years to practice you know he's been a celebrity for a long time like he knows how to glad hand people and smile and laugh at their jokes and sign autographs like Kylo Ren's just not there yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel like Don Draper reminds me a little bit of, like, Adam Driver's kind of vibe sometimes. Just where he would sort of take no shit and kind of not care about what he said. Like, he wouldn't, he would just say whatever uh, he wanted to and mm-hmm. was not into, like, pleasing other people. And at one point I remember he was his character is interviewed by someone and he's like, I'm from the Midwest. We don't talk about ourselves. I mean, that's a fictional character, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, just the vibe kind of, it's like, I don't know how to put this macho, but without being toxic or something. Yeah. I don't know. And, and it has a definite appeal. Totally. All right. Some digressions. Well, I mean, actually, that was a lot about Adam Driver. It that was. was exactly what... I was like, are we actually going to talk about Adam Driver for an hour? Like, can we? But, okay. I think... I th- I mean... We like, haven't even started. I haven't hardly. even gotten into my notes yet. Okay. Should we talk about the movie a little bit? Yeah. Do you want me to summarize it? Yeah, sure. So, um, you and I talked about this a little bit already, but it's a movie where the characters are essentially unchanging, except that they become... Oh, wait. Spoiler. Should I... They become zombies. Should I think I the that? spoiler is in the title. Yeah. The dead don't die. Yeah. Um, it's it's a basic fact about the movie. Yeah. That, um, I mean, I'm I can be super I can be hyper vigilant about spoilers. Um, I, I am relaxing though because now there's just way too much to watch and so there's no way I'm gonna watch everything. So I'm like I'll just read this whole article about that and that's like that's as close of, as you got to to watching it. Yeah. So it's a zombie movie. Yep, and there's he does not. I Jim Jarmusch Jarmusch doesn't really do a lot with 
the zombie, I mean, he doesn't really play with any, I don't know a lot about zombie movies, but according to all the reviews I read, he doesn't do a lot, like, to play with the zombie trope. Like, it's exactly what you think is going to happen. Like, the only thing that's kind of weird is, like, the earth is tilting on its axis because of some kind of polar fracking. So you know that, like, humans are doing something bad, and that's why the zombies are coming out. But then it's pretty pretty much a straight-up zombie movie where Bill Murray, Adam Driver, and Chloe Sevigny all play these three kind of small-town cops who, like, know something bad is happening and kind of don't really know how to grapple with it. And I guess, as far as I know with Jim Jarmusch, I, I think, really, this was just, like, a fun project with him because he worked with the people he wanted to work with, and you can tell everyone's having a good time. Yeah, they just wanted to, like, get the band back together and make a movie... And it does seem like they're having fun. Totally. With it. Um, as far as zombies go, I'm not a huge fan of zombies, except I did watch a lot of The Walking Dead, which I feel like I'm slightly ashamed to. I feel like people consider that maybe sort of a trash show. Do you think it's trash? Kind of trashy? I don't think so. Um, I thought it was a really good show for a while. And I didn't like the zombie parts of it that much. Like, like I, and I don't like gore at all. I really never want to see blood and or anything like that. And but I will I say that it. was yeah. one thing I liked about this movie is that it's not gory. Like, Jim Jarmusch even said, like, he didn't want it to be a gore movie. And there's not that much blood. Because when they kill the zombie, it just, like, goes up in smoke. There's no... Yeah. And that was intentional. He didn't want it to be a slasher, bloody guts movie. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I read about that effect. Yeah, he wanted them to be just, like, desiccated and dried up inside, and it was dust, I think. They, yeah. He did, it was his idea that when you, like, cut off their head, it was... But you did see there was some gore, like, yeah. the um, the whole wild animal thing. Yeah. Like, in the diner when the first two... So, <laughs> apparently Iggy Pop was like, I can't do another take because I can't eat more of this stuff. Like, they had all these vegans. So Iggy, Iggy Pop has a little cameo. It's no, It happens, like, in the first ten minutes, so it's no spoiler. But Iggy Pop is, I think is we like, may just say, like, there's spoilers in this episode, yeah. so just watch it first if you, if you don't like spoilers. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So Iggy Pop, like, has this cameo at the beginning, and he's one of the first zombies, and he's a coffee zombie. Like, the zombies all are looking for the thing that they loved the most when they were alive. And so he goes into the diner, and he's, like, eating all these guts. But apparently after, like, the third take, he was like, I can't. No more guts for me. Like, I'm going to throw up. It was gross. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you know who the other coffee zombie was? Uh, I do, because I read this on IMDb. Oh. Jim Jarmusch's wife or partner. And her name is something Driver. Sarah Driver. Sarah Driver. Is yeah. there any relation? I didn't look that up, but I was curious about that, too. Yeah, even if there was no relation, just if you meet someone, you know, so you're... Uh, I w it wasn't clear to me if they were married or not. For They always said partner. Yeah, I don't think they're married. So girlfriend, long-term partner, if they're, if your last name is Driver. And then there's an, someone else with the last name Driver. You just feel a connection with them. You know, I'm not, like, if someone has the same birthday as you, if you're like, oh, you know, there's something special between us, even though it's something totally random. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that figured into their relationship at all. I wondered about that, too. And I feel that, like I said, I always like meeting another Aaliyah anytime I... I always thought it was just because, like, Aaliyah's kind of an unusual name. But. Yeah. So, yeah, it just seems like Jim Jarmusch just wanted to work with some people he wanted to work with. I can read... Can I read you a quote? Yeah. 
Okay, so this is in Rolling Stone. He says, yeah, I like working with the people I like. I'd written the part of three cops for Bill, Adam, and Chloe. I wrote the villain part for Steve Buscemi. And any excuse to hang out with Tom, and he's talking about Tom Waits, is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, and Tilda Swinton. He, so he had just made a movie with Tilda Swinton about vampires, and he likes vampires way more than he likes zombies. But they were, like, kicking around this idea for a while, and she kept being like, when are you going to make that zombie movie? And he was like, well, do you want a part? And she was like, I want to be The Undertaker. So she's The Undertaker. Yeah, she has a great part in it. She's Scottish. Very Swinton. Uh, yeah, she's extremely pale. She, like, does some a practice with a samurai sword every day. It reminded me of Tai Chi, the m- movements. I'm like, does Tai Chi have something to do with... Zombies? <laughs> no. I'm thinking of, uh, what's the, um, in Brazil, capoeira? Oh, yeah. Where they, um, it was like a, a martial art, but... But also a dance. Developed by... I don't know if it was slaves or somebody, like, they couldn't look like they were learning a martial art. And it reminded me then of Karate Kid, you know, how mm-hmm. at first there was, like, all the waxing on. And so it looked like she was doing Tai Chi, but with a samurai sword. Anyway, yeah. just totally um, reassociating. <laughs> so she did this. She had a samurai sword, which, and I also know from Walking Dead that samurai sword is the best way to kill zombies. I mean, guns and stuff, I guess. But, I mean, samurai, it's the coolest way. And the swords are so long that you don't have to get so close. Like, if you're killing a zombie, you have to kill its head, like they kept saying in the movie. You don't want it to get too close with its disgusting hands. Anyway, if you have a shorter, I mean, you don't want a dagger. Yeah, you want you a want really long blade. So she was a great zombie killer. She wasn't afraid of zombies. And it turned out she was not human. She was an alien, and she took I off like in, uh, yeah, in a spaceship. I wish, yeah. I wanted her to just stay or take them all into the... I don't know why they had... I feel like they were like, well, now... Like, we've had the fun Tilda Swinton cameo, so she's out. We're done. Um, I did like the way she made up all the corpses. I thought that was hilarious. And I don't, like, that was a fun little sidebar, but all the corpses have, like, this neon makeup on. And um, it was just, like, a funny little, she had just, like, a funny little style moment that I really liked. Yeah, Mm -hmm. was that going to be, I mean, like, for a viewing Anyway, it, it was yeah. just absurd. It, it didn't have to make sense. But yeah, she was a good character. And she was, I mean, she was a strong character. Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised, uh, disappointed that she went away in the spaceship too. Because Chloe's character was very wimpy and, and weak. She's the only one who has a character arc, you know? Like oh, she yeah, She starts yeah. out and she's like, she's like the rest of them. She's just kind of like resolute and like deadpan but as time goes on she's the only one who reacts to the zombies the way that I think a normal person would react to zombies like she gets totally freaked out and kind of loses her mind and the rest of them just like are just like the same the whole time it's interesting because so Bill Murray which we haven't talked about at all and uh he's sort of the main sheriff cop guy and Adam Driver 
both are do this they do this breaking the fourth wall thing where they refer to being in a movie yeah and i think they thought that was funny but i thought it was dumb yeah i don't think it was great and it was sort of funny kind of like an, maybe an in joke yeah um, i feel like there were a lot the of entire movie, movie was yeah an in joke um so maybe chloe was like she wasn't in on that she was in a movie Mm-hmm. You know, she was a she really was, a real character yeah. in the movie instead of because Adam Driver's character seemed knew the whole time what was going to happen because he had read the whole script, mm-hmm. and then Bill Murray was annoyed. He kind of knew too, like but he, he'd only read his scene. Yeah, there's something a little incongruous I think about her behavior. Like, I guess maybe it makes sense. So in the she's in the back of the cop car and it's swarming with with zombies and she sees her dead grandma and then she decides to go out into the zombies did you happen to read this that like uh, police cars don't have um you can't get out from the back oh, seat oh no i never thought of that so that, that yeah. was like a, a goof as they call it on imdb they don't have uh, handles or whatever she leaves the car to just kill herself. She just like gives basically. in. She can't deal with it yeah. anymore. Which I guess maybe you would do. But I would think you would just kill yourself. be too scared. Like if you're so scared of something like to go out into it. I thought was not a great plot device. But I mean the whole thing movie isn't about it's about like it's just about having cool people yeah. and making references to old movies. And society. Yeah. Like commenting on society in a oh, very blunt way. That was that was <laughs> ham handed. I mean, first of all it was uh the polar fracking, which I thought was clever. Yeah. I did too. But, I was fine with that. Yeah, me too. Um yeah, I have a feeling we're going to the same place on this. But um the so that is what threw off the earth from its axis. And that somehow caused the dead to come reanimate. But then at the end, there was like a voiceover at the very end about materialism. Yeah, it was just dumb. That was dumb. Yeah. And then, like, they just everything was kind of ham handed that way. Like, some of the zombies, like, you know, they all want the thing they liked the most when they were alive, which is, I think, a total ripoff of George Romero. So, like, they're like, is it George Romero? Is I it? think so. Yeah. That so they're right. like yeah. driving through town, you know, and they see some zombies are like, Playing baseball and like Sturgill Simpson, who's who writes the theme, he like a zombie, but he just wants a guitar and like they're little baby zombies and they're just saying the names of candy and like there are a lot of zombies who are like looking at their cell phones and they like can't get enough of their cell phones and it's just like a little, little too blunt. They should have just yeah he should have just stuck with the polar fracking thing. Yeah, Is that, I was fine with that. Yeah, and then. That ruined it. I was very critical of that when I heard it. Even in the beginning where the, like, Iggy Pop and Sarah Driver zombies were saying, coffee, coffee. I don't know. It just was kind of dumb. I thought so, too. Too dumb. I thought so, too. I I mean, I'm fine with something being dumb, I guess, but... Yeah. Subtle. More subtle. Yeah. And then... But, like, that's, I just feel like that's not his jam. His jam is, like, I don't really care about that. Those are all the, like, plot conventions that put these characters in the places where I want them to be and where I want them to have these deadpan conversations. And that's, I guess, where he shines. And I don't know any, so if anybody's listening to this, maybe you can tell, like, I don't really like Jim Jarmusch that much. I think it's kind of boring. But the one thing that I did, like, the unsolved part was the part with all those kids in that reform school or whatever. I didn't... 
they're the only ones who you can't really tell what happens to them. Like, they get out of, they're, they're these kids who are in this, like, it's not a reform, what is that? Like, when you're arrested and they're, like, in a juvenile detention facility. And there are these three kids who are kind of, you know, you're kind of rooting for them. They seem kind of plucky. And they escape from the juvenile detention facility after the guards get, like, mauled by the zombies. And one of the kids says, I know a place we can hide. And you have no idea what's going to happen to them. Yeah. And you never find out. And I wondered why they left that one undone. I think what happens is just the zombies end up just killing all the people in the end. No one survives. Except for the hermit, maybe. It's a real apocalypse. It was kind of a cool thing they did with the moon. Did you like that? They had, like, the moon had, like, this greenish light around it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And Tom Waits is hermit. He was a hermit, and he's like, bad lunar vibes or something. And that seemed to play into, like, the polar fracking angle of it. Yeah. So still, I was okay with that. I'm like, oh, there's yeah, some like okay reason for too. it. Okay, let's let's talk about some moments. Okay. Okay. I liked. Okay, Steve Buscemi plays a farmer who's an asshole, like a Trump loving guy, and he he has a. I liked his hat. Yeah. I said, "Keep America white again." Yeah. So I thought that was a funny way to make fun of uh, make America great again. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice the guy, uh, okay, so the guy from the gas station or whatever, he has, like, red hair, and he looks, like, really yeah. creepy, like, a look in his eye. Do you rec- Did you recognize him? I felt like I should, but I didn't. Okay, he's from Get Out. Did you see that? Yeah. He's the creepy brother. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm like, he has got that down. Yeah. Of, like. He is kind of creepy. Yeah. And, like, yeah, like, someone who, like, becomes he wasn't as psychotic as as the brother in get out obviously but he just this look in his eye that he get it kind of seems like he can just go off at any time okay what about this is it racist how (laughs) okay adam driver okay so selena gomez is one of the hipsters weird and then they had to kill them because they're going to turn into zombies. So he cuts off her head. Anyway, after that whole scene, he says something like, she's Mexican. He says it before. They're watching when they're when they're first going into the motel. They, so these hipsters have this beautiful car, and they're driving on just a road trip. And they stop in Centerville, the town where this is set, and they stay at this motel. So the cops are like walking around, are driving around and warning people that like zombies are coming. So they're sitting and watching them go in to the motel. And he's like, that girl is Mexican. I love the Mexican people. I know, I thought that was weird. I didn't know what to think of that. I'm gonna say at minimum, it's racially awkward. I mean, I think pointing out someone's race or ethnicity is weird. I mean, maybe it's not, someday it's going to be, like, fine again, but I think especially right now, that's very awkward to, it was 2019, which even, I mean, I think a lot has changed even since 2019. So then even if you follow it up with, but I love Mexicans, I've been there twice. I mean, first of all, you can't tell someone's Mexican because of their, like, skin and hair color. I mean... There's so many places she could have been yeah. from. So, I don't know. 
Uh, that was weird, I thought. I thought so too. And I don't know, I, I don't know if that was to convey like that they were small town people and that like that was unusual to them or, or if it was to connect him with her in some way. Cause I was thinking about how like she plays a hipster and like he is a hipster and I know I don't, I couldn't, yeah, I don't know what that was. It kind of sounded like he was saying, I wish I could date her. Yeah. And he because does. Because she's Mexican. And it, yeah, was it for weird. comedy? I, don't I think know. it's not. I don't know about twenty nineteen, twenty by twenty twenty one. I think that should have not been in the movie. No, that um, was weird. Yes. Okay, okay. So those were a few moments that stood out to me. I have a moment. Okay. I have a quote. Are okay. you ready? Mm -hmm. So there's a cute little. So like we said, there's like a ton of in jokes in this movie, and Ronnie Adam Driver's character. We can talk about this in a minute, too. He drives a smart car, which is very cute and funny. At one point, Tilda Swinton needs to borrow his car, so he hands over his keychain. Did you read about this? So there's this little joke about it because there's a, um, it's a Star Wars keychain. So she's like, so Tilda Swinton's character is like, ooh, do you like Star Wars? And, and he's like, yes, which is funny because he's Kylo Ren. But um, it was kind of a big deal to get that Star Wars gag in there because Disney is famously resistant to that. And actually, I was reading an interview on Movie Phone with Jim Jarmusch about it. And uh, apparently even Steven Spielberg had a hard time getting clearance for Ready Player One on Star Wars stuff. So, so Adam Driver made a call and he got it cleared. Initially, they'd said no. So uh, Jim Jarmusch said he made a call. We got permission. He was so cool about it and liked it a lot. Who did he call? George Lucas? They don't say. He just, he made a call. <laughs> he made a call. The, yeah. the, the raw power of Adam Driver. Yeah. That totally. was a really cute moment. Yeah, it was like a Millennium Falcon. And they were kind of like ribbing him for being in such a big mainstream movie. Yeah. But I think they're really good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess that seems really, that seems hipstery to me or just uh, uh, being judgy about like, oh, Star Wars. And I just recently, I mean, I'm in the pandemic with kids. Obviously, I've watched all the Star Wars movies plus The Mandalorian in the past <laughs> few weeks, you know. But I really love the last three, and I love Kylo Ren. Love Kylo Ren. So much. I think that probably went into us starting this podcast. So they're kind of ribbing him like, oh, you're in Star Wars. But I'm actually like, no, actually Star Wars is cool. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Um, I, yeah, the smart car was so cute. It was like a also like a gag on his size again because he drives up in this tiny car and gets out and it looks like a clown car. He and was, it's bright red. It's like a bright red convertible smart car. Yeah, and he was... Okay, so it was... I thought that was a really funny scene. Like the first the cop car comes pulls up and then... Chloe in her Prius. Well, she comes after him. So there's, oh, so the first, first, yeah, so the first zombie <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. killing is at the diner, which is like the center of the town and everybody loves the diner. And so Bill Murray gets called out and they're like, what is going on? Is there, are there like wild animals? Like what happened to these people? So he goes in and then he calls the other two cops. So they pull up in their different like ecological cars, which I thought tracked with the whole polar yeah. tracking thing. And I liked it that, I mean, they're, they're like in a small town and they kind of make fun of the Prius. 
I feel like he made fun of the he Prius. He makes fun of her Prius. And then Prius. he comes up in the, in the smart car. So, like, he's he's making fun of the Prius, not from, like, I love gas, but, like, you're not ecological enough. Although, I will say, sidebar, my husband had a smart car, and... Um, Is it, it not a hybrid? It's not they're a not, hybrid. They're just pure gas cars. Their gas efficiency is pretty good, but they actually have a really heavy frame because there's nothing to the car. So if you got hit, you have to have, it has to be like a roll. So they, their gas efficiency is good, but it's not as amazing as you would think from such a small car. So it's more about convenient parking? I guess. Easy parking? It is easy parking. Yeah, it's super easy parking. We could park anywhere. Do you still have this car? No, because we had a child. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was hard for Joel. So he went from that to, like, this slightly larger car that had, like, one seat in the back. Anyway, now we have a normal car. We have a Honda. <laughs> so, okay, what does it feel like to drive around in such a teeny car? I have, like, a Honda Civic. We also have a Honda Pilot. Mm -hmm. So this is, like, a pretty big SUV. And when you're driving in a bigger car, you are higher up. It does, like, yeah. feel safer as if... I mean, it's kind of like a truck. You kind of feel like if you were in an accident, you would, like, win the accident. Yeah. I mean, it's not a contest. I don't want anyone to lose. But, I mean, if yeah. it was, like, the pilot versus smart car, I mean, I see how they have to make them heavy. I'm just like, how is it scary, I'm saying. And I, I'm, a little, I'm kind of a wimp. Like, if I'm on a scooter, if someone's like, you know, I'll give you a ride on my scooter, I'm, like, sweating bullets. And, you know, I'm terrified of being in traffic. Except on my bike, I'm fine. But, um... Yeah. Anyway, so does it feel, you feel vulnerable being in a tiny car, um, like on the highway? I feel like Adam Driver wouldn't feel vulnerable, but I, so, no, actually it's not, it feels like you're in a car. It is weird when big cars are next to you because you are small and you're really low to the ground. Like the wheels are really small, so it's not up high. And actually it's a dumb, people think you can have it for all weather and I technically you can, but in the winter when the roads are all rutted and stuff, it sucks. So when they say all weather, they're not thinking Minnesota. They've no. never lived in Minnesota. No, like, it's yeah. dumb. And when I see people riding around in smart cars in Minnesota, I'm like, you're dumb. Because they're because the the bumps are like slipperiness. Yeah, because it's the the wheels are small. So if you get stuck right. in a rut, like it's oh, yeah, it it's hard dumb. to move. But they're easy enough to get out. <laughs> like yeah, it's easy. Like one person can push it out, so that's fine. Joel's car had heated seats, and I still really, really miss the heated seats. That was my favorite thing yeah. about the smart car. Yeah, you gotta have. You can get those in other in other cars. I know. <laughs> yeah, but we don't now. But we you don't, don't have. have I know that is like a game changer here in Minnesota where we live. Yeah, uh, we have that in the pilot. It's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. Yes. Um, yeah, so it was really funny watching Adam Driver get out of his car. And I don't know, he had, so his last name is Driver. I do feel like a couple movies, or maybe it's just Jim Jarmusch movies, because we've also seen Patterson. I was thinking about driver. that. Like, was that a riff on the bus, like, where he's driving a huge bus, and he got, like, a special bus driver's license, and then he moved down to the little tiny red smart. And his frame, yeah. actually, like, over a big steering wheel looks right. Like, it looks... So is he very wide? Like besides the height, I feel like the height alone is not enough. It's for him to seem as big as everyone talks about, and how he does seem on screen. But then, like if you, I've seen him like when he has his shirt off, like Kylo Ren maybe, or like other. He doesn't seem that like super built or something. I feel I like his Just body like looks like it. He's like a 
hunk of man. Like, I just feel like he kind of looks like, you know, when you see oldie tiny movie stars who like aren't cut the way modern movie stars are. I feel like sometimes he looks like that. Like he's just like a hunk. You know, I was reading. Well, you don't want to see like a bodybuilder. I mean, for myself, I I don't either. insane. He, you know, he used to eat a chicken every day. For lunch, when he was at uh, ju- Juilliard, yeah, like, like an a rotisserie chi- chicken. Yeah, he would eat an yeah. entire chicken for lunch. Ugh, that's gross, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just because I'm, um, you know, we're members of Costco, so for, you know, we've had a lot of rotisserie chickens in our life, like so many that you can't eat them anymore. <laughs> like anyway, I love chicken. Yeah. I love a roast chicken, but yeah, I don't know if I could eat one every day for lunch. Yeah, he doesn't do that anymore. I bet. I mean, when he was like a young man, right out of the Marines, that was like his thing. Yeah. That's, I mean, you just know what you're going to have. Yeah. He ate a six egg omelet for breakfast every day, too. Wow. Six. Okay. So he can just. He's like a. And I mean, obviously, yeah, just he has so much energy, like burning inside him. I'm, I'm not surprised. He has a, a huge amount of protein. Just, so I wonder how would, far he can run. Like how so many he miles? would run five miles okay. a day to Juilliard when he was at Juilliard, did push-ups in the halls between classes, and was, like, really intense. Like, I think he made some people cry, but, like, not in an acting way, in a, like, why are you late way. Oh, like, or, like, you suck. Do you think he yeah. would be really critical? Like, you're not a good actor. You should quit now. Well, that's a good, you know, it's funny, like in some of his interviews, he talked about learning how to articulate his feelings, because like in the military, he just had this burning intensity, and so it all went into, yeah, like into his physicality, and then like at Juilliard, he learned how to like articulate what his feelings were, but apparently that was like a bumpy transition, so yeah, maybe he did. I bet his, I bet like in critiques and stuff, he was not. I bet I I would love to know what that felt like to have and I do credit like testosterone for that extra energy like I've read articles of people who transition from women start taking testosterone and they're just like I could just run like two extra miles and having all this extra energy and I've always barely I can barely run a mile. I mean, right now I could run like not one block, but, um, you know, and like I had like asthma as a kid. So just not physically strong and powerful. I mean, I did a lot more like more athletic things later on, but I know in my body, I've never felt that have just having that much energy and brawn. I mean, what you could do, like you need to move a couch or something so I envy that. I mean, it's something I can never experience living in, in my body. I guess maybe if I start taking a lot of testosterone or something, but I mean, totally. that's, it's um, highly unlikely to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to <laughs> Is so, that weird? <laughs> the other thing that I see, and I think too, like I just think about his characters in these Jim Jarmusch movies and they're so not intense. They're so deadpan and like even tempered. And I feel like, if I was Adam Driver, that would be like a fun diversion for me. I don't, that's not his usual role. And he is so physical and so intense. It's kind of fun to see that. Like, he's very deadpan in, in The Dead Don't Die. But, like, his one of the only things he says when he sees zombies, he's like, yuck. 
Like yeah. it just says yuck. And that's like the whole reaction. And it's just so um, understated and really charming. Yeah, that was funny. Um, yeah, I mean, like him, uh, he's the perfect Kylo Ren. And I, I wonder how much of it like came from Adam Driver that he would just like freak out and destroy everything or how much was like in the script. Yeah, so I like those two sides. I do too. You can sit back and kind of chill. Okay, so what have we, what else? I know, I think we should just acknowledge his terrific hair, but I feel like that should just be another episode, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, but I've been learning a lot about the different hair products he uses. He just has really good hair. Yeah, his hair has so much movement, volume. Um, So, I mean, you have kind of curly hair. Yeah. I I don't, like my hair is straight and if it, if I put a product in it, I feel like it just makes it heavier. Yeah. So these are, I don't use any hair products. And then you had this graph of like a million hair, and this is professional hair people. Yeah. And they I all think... sounded so good, like sea salt. Could I, should be upping my hair game with some of these? Yeah, I found this thing on Reddit by uh, a woman who's done his hair for film and photo shoots before. And surprisingly, he they use a lot of products, but I think part of it is just that his hair is so thick and so um, voluminous and has such a nice weight to it that I think it can take the weight of a lot of products to really just add to the like the gloss and the beautiful like coarse mane quality that it has. Um, it is like jet black, oh, shiny. I love it. Can't get enough. Yeah. Can't get enough. Beautiful hair. That's Adam Driver. So good. So, any final thoughts? Oh, here's one. Adam Driver hates Halloween. He does. Yeah. Interesting. That's a... So why does he hate it? He just thinks it's stupid. It's stupid, yeah. I I can see how you would think that. But, I mean, I've told you about my favorite scene in Marriage Story is when he has the Halloween costume on. I know. And in a way, like, The Dead Don't Die is a Halloween movie. You know? It's about zombies. Yeah, I mean, if he if he just saw Halloween as an opportunity to wear uh, just some kind of uniform, mm-hmm. I feel like he'd be into that. Or maybe that's just something uh, people directors impose on him. Because he wears one so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. He was a cop there. Also, sport a lot of really good like flannel shirts. Yeah, because Black Klansman, he's undercover a lot. Yeah, I thought I think that was like one of his like most attractive movies. But then it was like it was awkward because he was, you know, he's like undercover with the clan. But then show his eyes, and you're just like, is he actually into it? Mm-hmm. Is that what you th- like the final scene? And he's like someone, a character you really like and think is really good. And then in the end, I was like, but is he? Actually oh, I didn't. I felt it. like he conveyed his. I mean, his character has a really interesting arc in that. Mm-hmm. Very different from from Jim Jarmusch. I think we have to talk about that. In another okay, episode. that'll be another episode. Yeah. So thank you for listening to Designated Driver. Designate us as your favorite <laughs> podcast. I love it. That's great. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.